This past weekend, Linda and I were at the um, wedding of Leah Kemp in Tennessee. I uh, got to fish eat, and we got to be part of the whole experience, and um, we really enjoyed it, and appreciate Dave sharing and his message, so thank you, Dave. So, you know, when we show up at these events and gatherings, what's really interesting is, uh, for the most part, there are folks who are not Quaker. Um, Tristan has a wonderful big family from uh, all over the place, California, New Jersey, Rhode Island, up that way, and um, most of them have never met a real-life Quaker. So when you introduce yourself as a real-life Quaker, you sort of get this kind of fascinated look, you know, and it's like they kind of want to reach out and, and touch you, you know, and then maybe give them a secret handshake or see what's going to happen, and they want to know all about who you are. I suspect because most people perceive they're being a closed sect, or are we something like the Amish, or are we something like the German Baptist, or whatever the case may be. So we had some very fascinating conversations And when we have those moments, I try to give my elevator speech of who or what a Quaker is. And I often find myself gravitating to what we call the testimonies. And this is part of what I've wanted to share as this month, as David so aptly put it, Quaketober, um, our month of focusing on our Quaker story. But I, wanted, I, I often gravitate to what I call the testimonies, and I talk about what we often know as spices. Simplicity, peace, integrity, community, equality, stewardship. Now, I don't, or service, excuse me. I sometimes flip those words and use them interchangeably. But it's my way, I guess, of establishing what I have always felt is significant about the Quaker way. And that is, we let our lives speak. There is a famous quote attributed to St. Francis of Assisi that goes something like this. Preach the gospel, and at all times, and when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. The obvious inference is our lives do a better job of preaching than do our words. And our lives can either back up our words, or our lives can take away from our words. Hence the phrase, let our lives speak. Now, a key piece of this Quaker way is of letting our lives speak is we've often sought to accomplish this through what we refer to as the testimonies. Now, think of it this way. Sometimes when we talk about giving our testimony, we use words to share about our faith. If you've ever been to a, a, a service, a, a crusade, a revival, or another kind of worship service, someone stands up and gives their testimony. And that's very appropriate and, and good. The very first church that I pastored, Farmland Friends, would have testimony time. And, and people would stand up and they would share what God had done in their life this past week and answer prayers. Kind of what we do here, but in a different way. The idea of Quakers having a testimony is that Quakers seek to have their lives and their actions be their testimony to the ongoing work and activity and the grace of God in their life. So in other words, it's more than what I have to say, it's what I do and how I show up in that way. So to understand the testimonies is to recognize that they're more than just this set of ethical admonitions or or guiding principles. They are grounded and rooted in this reality of one's spiritual journey. In, In other words, they are the fruits of a life rooted in the divine, a life rooted in the living Christ. 
Quakers sometimes like to talk about the roots and the fruits of the Quaker way. We are rooted in the divine, and out of that relationship with the divine, with God, out of that relationship with Christ, comes this experience of the fruits, which is these testimonies in its basic form. Now, we don't will ourselves into living these out, although seeking to practice them intentionally is important. Rather, these testimonies are, in essence, this natural fruit of a manifestation of our life rooted and grounded in Christ. It's not about trying harder and practicing simplicity and peace. It's really about sinking deeper into the soil of God's love and allowing our lives to become living testimonies of God's presence here on earth. Now, there's one quick caveat. There's this real danger in separating our testimonies, just keeping them separate from this ongoing, transforming work of God in our life. There's a Quaker, uh, Tom Gates, uh, Lancaster Monthly Meeting in Pennsylvania, that wrote a little pamphlet about this. And he has some wonderful, helpful words to say. And this is what he offers. Quote, There's a constant danger that if we focus on the testimonies but forget where the testimonies come from, then our meeting, our friend's meeting, may come to resemble an ethical society or even a political lobbying group instead of a faith community. The testimonies, as originally understood were not just values or abstract beliefs about the way the world should be, but they were specific and concrete actions that testified to the truth, capital T, of the transforming power of God in the lives of friends. This personal experience of a transforming encounter with the divine is the root from which will sprout the fruit of the testimonies. If we tend only to the fruit and neglect the root, then eventually the fruit will wither and die. You go back to what he wrote. These are specific and concrete actions that testify to the, quote, truth, capital T, of the transforming power and work of God in our life. So in other words, what he's saying is we cannot separate the two. The transforming power and work of God in our life needs to, and we are designed to bring forth some kind of fruit in our life. And this fruit, as Quakers have sought to understand it, can in many ways be summed up in this phrase called spices. A life of simplicity, a life of peace, a life of integrity, a life of community, a life of equality, and a life of service. Phil Gully, in his book, Living the Quaker Way, writes how the testimonies can offer what he calls this ethical and spiritual platform upon which people can build their life. And I like what he has to say, mainly about this, that the testimonies provide a structure to our life. And and if there's one thing that I find people are looking for in their life, is often a sense of coherence, a sense of congruence, a sense of cohesion, a sense of structure. What forms my life? What shapes my life? What gives my life meaning and direction? What What gives it a sense of I'm moving in something that has intention and positive value to it? And what I want to suggest is these testimonies, these spices, if you will, rooted in the transforming work of God's love and grace, provide a very appropriate, if not powerful, structure and coherence to our life individually and corporately. So when I think about these privately, and I think there's two ways I want to just share this with you in the next few moments, is how do we look at these privately and how do we look at these publicly? So first, 
If I'm going to live a life myself that outwardly manifests simplicity, peace, integrity, community, equality, and service, then I, Scott Wagner, must first start with allowing each of these areas to guide me in my inward and private journey. What does that look like? Well, here's what I put down for myself. I need to inwardly simplify my life so I'm focusing on the things that matter the most. I need to inwardly experience peace in my life and deal with whatever hostility, agitation, resentment, and even anger may be at work in my soul. I need to inwardly experience integrity so that my life is not divided and duplicitous and I'm constantly at risk of living this disintegrated life. I need to inwardly experience community by my willingness to be in relationship with others and offer vulnerability and presence. I need to inwardly experience equality by my willingness to receive God's love for my life, which is offered to everyone in equal measure and in great abundance. And I need to inwardly experience service by my willingness to receive the gifts that others have to offer me in the form of service to make space for self-care in my life. Now, these may not be how you work it out inwardly for yourself, and that's okay. Because the key is how can the testimonies, these areas, become an inward reality for your life? One of the spiritual practices that I try to engage in is to take one day a week and focus just on one of these throughout the day. It may not make my whole day about it, but I try to bring it to mind. So Monday is my day of simplicity. And usually that works out well because the whole week has been a day of complexity. The whole weekend has been about complexity. Just go, go, go. So Monday is my day of simplicity. Tuesday is my day of peace. Now, it's not the only day I practice peace, but it's the day that I focus on what that looks like. Wednesday is my day of integrity. What does it look like to live a life that has integration to it? Thursday is my day of community. What does it look like to live in community with others and to be part of a community? Friday is my day of equality. Saturday is my day of service, which actually works out pretty well because next Saturday is a work day here at Deep River Friends, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, so I'll get that in. Saturday is my day of rest. Saturday is where I bring it myself to this place. I mean, excuse me, Sunday is my day of rest where I bring myself to this place and I ask myself the question, how did I do in weaving all these together in my life? And then I ask myself the question, what would it look like when I go back out again this next week and I try to weave these all together again in my life? You may be saying this because you think I get paid to say this, but I will say this. Those Five, S-P-I-C-E-S, six. Those six provide the complete structure and cohesion my life needs and what it needs at this point right now. It literally becomes this guiding, guiding force in my life. Now, here's the thing. Once I've experienced these areas inwardly, I begin to express outwardly this transformation and how it takes place. So rather than trying to simply work hard at being ethical, we can begin to show up as transformed individuals whose lives naturally manifest this fruit of a transformed life and the testimonies that go out of our life. One Quaker author put it this way about a Quaker meeting. The Quaker meeting is meant to be a blessed community, a living testimony to this social order that embodies God's peace, justice, love, compassion, and joy, an example and invitation to a better way of life. Put simply, we don't just talk about those things. A friend's meeting is invited to embody peace, to embody justice, to embody love, to embody compassion, to embody joy, so that when people are looking around in this world thinking, what does that look like? 
they can look at least to a friend's meeting and say, oh, that's what that looks like. Now I get it. Now I understand it. So when I think about what it means to live it out in a public way, the first part was the private way. When I think about what it means to live out in a public way, this is what I can think it looks like. Simplicity. Living simply so others may simply live. How can I or we live a life that's less about consumption and more a life of contribution? Where it's less about me always taking, 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 but it's somehow giving, giving, and making sure I'm giving back and simplifying my life so others can simply live. Peace, practicing reconciliation and forgiveness with others and offering reconciling love to everyone we meet and I meet and even those we're in conflict with. I've said publicly and I've said to others, Quakers have not done well with their peace testimony the last two or three or four or five years. In fact, we've incurred our own damage to our own peace testimony. And we've got some repair work to do. When you split as a yearly meeting, your witness to the world is at that moment, we really don't know what it looks like to do reconciliation. So we have our own healing and our own repair work to do. And it can be done. That's what the gospel is. But what a better way for Quakers to show up in this world and say, yeah, we split, but now we are reconciled. And we're working together. And this is what peace looks like. Integrity. Living lives that are not duplicitous, but are honest, authentic, and true. Living from our true self. Spending less time on impression management and speaking our truth and love. Community. A willingness to live in relationship with others and realizing life is not all about our own aspirations and choices and preferences, but seeking the common good and greater connectedness with others. And yes, being vulnerable with each other. Every Sunday morning, we do it here and you do it here when you stand up and say, I need prayer. I need your support. I need your encouragement. I'm not doing well with this. I'm struggling. That's living in community. And then equality, treating everyone the same and seeing everyone as equal in God's eyes, regardless of title, status, race, orientation, or gender, that equality applies to everybody. And God's love is for everyone. And then service, offering our lives in loving, sacrificial service to our community. And let me just say, I did the math And Deep River Friends, you do well in this. And I hope you know that. I went down through a list of things here that I just jotted down this morning. Hand-to-hand pantry, Leslie's house, giving tree, open door, Quaker men and women, how you give to the community, Friends Disaster Service, when people give to the multiple sclerosis walks or to the Cancer Relay for Life, crop, 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 walk, (laughs) crop, walk. Hurricane relief funds. We've had two hurricane relief funds this past year. And through your efforts and through the efforts of inviting people from outside of Deep River Friends, we've raised over $12,000 for hurricane relief fund, both for Houston and then for Matt and Jessica, just to name a couple. This past week, I delivered the food to Leslie's house. Uh, that we do. Um, We didn't have anybody sign it for Tuesday this past month, which was fine. So I just went and got some food from Carter Brothers and uh, was going to deliver it enough for 25. And so the the dear woman that waited on me, I gave her my order. I said, I need an order for 25. I need it for um, a shelter here in High Point. Excuse me. And so she wrote the order down. She said, a shelter here in High Point? I said, yeah, it's uh, over off English Road. And she said, what's the name of that place? 
And I said, Leslie's house. She said, that's what I thought it was. I said, really, how'd you know about it? She says, I stayed there. I had been a resident there at one point. I said, and now you're working here now, aren't you? She said, yeah. I said, that's fantastic. And then she says to me, she said, what you're doing is a blessing. It really makes a difference. I needed that shot. I needed that booster of encouragement because every now and then we wonder, does it make a difference? But it does. That's the kind of difference you want to see being made. Where you help people keep taking that next step forward. You help people keep moving forward. And it's those little things that add up. In your bulletin is an identity statement. It's not a mission statement, not a vision statement. It's just an identity statement. It's on the right-hand side of the inside, and it reads this way. You have it in front of you. Deep River Friends Meeting is a Christ-centered faith community gathered around the leadership of the living Christ. And we seek to live in the way of Jesus through our faithfulness to his leadings and our Quaker testimonies of simplicity, peace, integrity, community, equality, and service. We have no greater allegiance than to the kingdom of God, and we have no greater privilege than serving our community and making God's love real. Last story. So this past weekend, I told you that I gave my elevator pitch to folks, and I shared about Quakers, the Quaker way, and and I shared about a lot of things, but I shared particularly about the spices, and I called it the spices because it's, it's easy to hang on to and hold on to. It's a good way to remember it. So at the reception, as it was winding down about 10 o'clock, and, and, um, and it was past Lynn and I's uh, a time to head out, and so we were getting ready to, to get the shuttle down the mountain, one of the people came up to me, one of the family members, and she knew we were leaving, and as we were leaving, she stuck out her hand, and all she said was this, thank you for spices. Thank you for spices. And I thought, it's a good weekend. It's a good weekend if I can plant that in someone's heart and soul who had never heard about Quakers before, and she takes that away. So here's my final word to you this morning. It's my hope and dream that there will be a day And hopefully in the not-too-distant future that individuals, groups, peoples, and society are coming up to this group called Quakers and maybe deep river friends in our own community, and they're saying, thank you for spices. Thank you for showing up in your uncomplicated way of offering peace and living with honesty and truthfulness. Thank you for treating everyone with dignity and with equality and love. And thank you for serving out of sacrificial and divine Love. That is my hope. That's my dream. And that is living the Quaker way.